0: Grace be unto you in peace, peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, amen. The word of God for our consideration this morning is the Gospel lesson read a few moments ago from Luke's Gospel account chapter seven. An important part of God's word that teaches us a hard lesson of the kingdom about true Christian humility. There Luke tells us how Jesus was invited to a banquet at the home of a prominent Pharisee. And while that banquet was going on, we are told that everyone was watching Jesus closely. They were not watching him to see what he had been wearing or with whom he had been chatting. Like on other occasions, it's more likely that they were watching him closely because they were looking for ways to trap him or to catch him in something he might say or do. They saw Jesus as a threat to their power and their prestige and their position. But rather interestingly, all the while Jesus was watching them, were told, or they were watching Jesus, Jesus was watching them. And he wasn't watching them and where they were sitting because he had been the hostess of the banquet nor was he watching and noticing who had been invited because he had been the banquet planner. No, Jesus was watching where they were sitting and who had been invited because he's the Savior and he had an important lesson in truth to teach them about the kingdom of God. And the important truth that Jesus had to teach them then is also a lesson that he wants to teach us today. And the lesson was a warning. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So what does that mean? Does that simply mean that we ought to watch where we sit at banquets so as not to give off an air of being superior? Should we also note that when we extend invitations to dinners at our house, we should look at the opportunity to invite those who are less fortunate? Sure, both of those things are important. But it has a whole lot more to do about where we sit at a banquet or whom we invite to our dinner table It's really an important lesson about our Christian humility as we live among others and as we live before our God on earth. So let's take a look and see what this means. Do you like pie? Yeah, I think everybody likes pie. And you probably have your favorite. Mine's blueberry. But the one pie that no one likes is humble pie. You know what that means, right? Did you ever wonder where that phrase came from? Well, if you read Meditations this coming week in the Meditations booklet, the author there gives an etymology of that phrase. He said it goes back to some medieval term uh, that sounds like umble. It refers to the lower cuts of meat that would be put in a meat pie that the lowliest and the poorest of society could afford. So today, when we say I had some humble pie, it means that somehow or some way we were put in our place. What has this to do with the dinner that Jesus attended at that Pharisee's house? Well, it has a whole lot more to do than just where people were sitting. You see, as they were watching Jesus, and he, as he was watching them, he noticed how people were scrambling for the places of honor. And by their outward actions of taking the higher places of honor, the attitude of their hearts were exposed. Apparently they thought they were better than the others. So Jesus sounded the warning, watch out for that pride because it may happen to you that you may sit in a place of honor and then someone with more honor is going to come and you're going to have to move. What a taste of humble pie that would be. But there has to be more to this than just where we sit at a dinner table. And and there is. You see, our Heavenly Father has invited all of us to a dinner table, hasn't he? He's invited all of us to the banquet feast in heaven above. And why would God invite you and me to that dinner banquet in heaven? Is it because we're better than others? Is it because we deserve that place of honor? That's what the Pharisees believed. They believed that they were better than others and they believed that if anyone would have a place of honor at the banquet table in heaven, surely they would be the ones. Their pride at that earthly dinner table exposed the pride in their hearts about that dinner table in heaven. And what Jesus was basically saying to them is if you act so proudly at this dinner table in this house, then it's obvious you don't deserve a place at your Father's heavenly table. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. That warning is a warning that you and I need to hear today as well. That what we need to learn that following Jesus means that we will have to set aside our pride and live in humility with others and before God Himself. But the big question is, how in all the world can I be humble? Where can I get that kind of humility that is acceptable to God? Well, Luther gave the answer, you can't do it. It's God who has to humble us. And Luther said the way that God humbles us is through His Holy Law. Where when we compare our thoughts and our actions, to the perfection that God demands in the Ten Commandments, we see that none of us can ever live up to God's standard. And there's a real easy tool to use to see why you and I have reason to be humble it's part of the preparation for Holy Communion. I I would invite you to just just do me a favor. Take your hymnals. Open up to page 156. Not hymn 156, but page 156. And there you will find the preparation for Holy Communion, or examination. And on page 156 I want you to take a look at the second question. Where we basically ask, if I'm not troubled by my sin, if somehow I think I'm better than others, then what should we do? And and here's what Luther said, I should examine myself according to the Ten Commandments and ask how well I have carried out my responsibilities as a husband or wife or single person, as a parent or child, an employer or employee, a teacher or student. Have I loved God with all my heart, gladly heard His Word, and patiently endured affliction? Have I been disobedient, proud, or unforgiving? Have I been selfish, lazy, envious, or quarrelsome? Have I lied or deceived, taking something not mine, or given anyone a bad name? Have I abused my body or permitted indecent thoughts to linger in my mind? Have I failed to do what is right and good? we answer those questions honestly, there is no room for pride. Wow, what a taste of humble pie that is. The only posture that you and I can have before God is that of the tax collector in the temple who said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So if we don't deserve to have a place at the banquet table in heaven above, how in all the world will you and I get there? The only way is through Jesus, who humbly took our place of shame and death and punishment on the cross. By his sacrifice, all of our sins have been washed away. Yes, even our sin of pride. And he and he alone deserves all the credit. And by faith in him, you and I have a place prepared for us at the banquet feast in heaven above. So here it goes. If you and I have a place at the most important banquet of all, the banquet of heaven, then it really doesn't matter where we sit at dinner tables here on earth. In fact, when we go to any dinner table or banquet, it doesn't matter where we sit, we can let others have the highest place because we know we have the most important place waiting for us in heaven. But there's got to be more to this. There's more to this than where we sit at a dinner table and there's more to this than whom we invite. You see after telling that parable Jesus kind of makes an application to the host of that banquet and so he says to him when you give a banquet invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. I hope you see the point Surely there's nothing wrong with inviting our loved ones and friends and and maybe other well-to-do people in the community to a party or dinner at our house. And there's nothing wrong with being thanked for that invitation. But we have to be honest with how calculating our sinful hearts are. So often, we're tempted to help others in the hope that somehow we're going to get repaid. But that's not the way it works in the Kingdom of God and those who follow Jesus. We don't help the needy so that someday they'll help us. We don't help others in need so that somehow we get pats on the back. We help the needy because they need our help. We help those who are downtrodden because that's what believers do. We love because God first loved us. And here Jesus says something that's astounding. Even if we are never repaid or recognized on this side of the grave for the good that we do in the name of Jesus by faith, Jesus said we will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Now that statement is astounding because that, that just doesn't sound right to our Lutheran Christian ears because we know and believe the truth of the Bible that we are saved not by our good works but by faith alone, through Scripture alone, in Christ alone. So what does it mean that we will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous? Well, we know that Jesus deserves all the credit for saving us. But remember what Matthew wrote in the Gospel account about the last day when everyone is raised from the dead, and all nations, people who have lived before, who are living now, or whoever will live, are all gathered before the throne of Jesus. And what does he tell us? There he will not only publicly acknowledge all those who believe in him as they stand on his right side, he will also publicly acknowledge the good that you do in his name. Remember his words? Whatever you did to the least of my brothers, you did it for me. And that is reward enough. But there is more. Yes, we are to help those who are less fortunate with all their bodily needs, even if it means inviting them to a dinner table at our house. But what the poor and the needy need is exactly what you and I needed. Because at one time in God's eyes by nature, you and I were poor and lame and blind. They need salvation. So the most important invitation that we can offer to those who are in need is not necessarily an invitation to our table, but an invitation to the banquet of salvation. We need to invite them to come and hear the word so that they too may see Jesus and find a place at the banquet table in heaven. And when we think about those whom God uh, uses us to call to salvation, those people are also part of the reward at the resurrection of the righteous. The joy of knowing that God used us to bring others to heaven is reward enough. But I still think there's more. And when I think about going to heaven, I so look forward to meeting Jesus face to face, and to bow and thank Him, For saving me. And how will I thank him? We can only imagine. As that popular Christian hymn goes. But what joy that will be. That's part of that payment. At the resurrection of the righteous. But I'd also like to think that when I get to heaven. I will have opportunity to thank those whom God used to invite me to the banquet of salvation. I've been trying to do this as I think about my final days to thank my mom and my dad and my pastors and my teachers whom God used to call me. And I'd also like to think that when we get to heaven we shouldn't be surprised that there might be others who will come and thank us too. I believe, I'd like to think, that's part of that repayment at the resurrection as well. So dear friends, as we watch Jesus closely in this Gospel lesson for today, let's take to heart his warning. Whoever exalts himself will be humble, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And then let us thank him for inviting us to the banquet of salvation, because I said at one time, We, too, were poor, crippled, lame, and blind. But now in Jesus, we are rich, we are whole, and we see that heaven is our home. Amen.